Hello, coders. Good afternoon. Good evening. It is episode 103. I am a little bit late. I do apologize. Uh, it is the 27th of May. And as always, this is live. So if you've got any comments, questions, queries or suggestions, then do let me know in the uh, comment chatty boxy thing. So today we're going to be talking about upgrading uh, to PHP 8 because that's what we've done. That's what, what what I've done on the How to Cope Well website. That's what we've what I've done uh, recently, and I wanted to talk about the process and the challenges and the things I had to fix when doing that. First up, though, quick apologies uh, to not a quick apology for not streaming on uh, Tuesday. I have started a new contract role, and I was just sort of you know really busy with what well, I am very busy with that. That's why I haven't done a lot of streaming or any streaming this week uh, compared to the previous few weeks where I was streaming whilst I was doing uh, interviews in between those. So yes, so hopefully we'll get back on track next week and we'll do some streaming Tuesday, Tuesday evening, uh, perhaps. So um, upgrading to PHP 8. Now this wasn't on the roadmap um, for 2021. Uh, we did try and do that, do it sort of late last year, and it totally failed uh, because the packages that uh, or a particular package that I was using wasn't supporting PHP 8. I won't go into details, but because uh, I've discussed it all before, but essentially we ended up, I ended up moving to Symphony 5.2 and I discovered a lot of things that uh, I was using the old packages for were already being used or created and there for me in, in the latest Symfony versions around authentication. So I thought as I had some downtime in the last few weeks, wouldn't it be a, a, a good idea to uh, just try an upgrade again to PHP 8? We were on uh, PHP 7.4. And, um, it worked. <laughs> it worked. There was, uh, an, a long journey, <laughs> shall we say, to, to do it, but it's, it's works and it, it's running, which is great. Caveat, big caveat to this is that the site is still in development. So it's still in dev mode. It's not live. So the live site is actually still on Gatsby. So it's still a static site. I'm talking about how to code well.net. But the site that I'm developing, uh, when I develop it live on Twitch and on YouTube, that is now running PHP 8. And uh, this is the process. This is that process. First of all, though, it is a Thursday evening. So cheers, everybody. We made it. I'm drinking Camden Pale Ale. <laughs> mm. That one's been in the fridge for a good few weeks. Nice and cold, just the way I like it. So, okay, the the process. Today I'm going to talk about the process of upgrading from 7.4 to 8.06. The problems and issues that I faced and the solutions that I came up with. I've broken this down into one, two, three, four sections. So the first section is uh, the process. Uh, sorry, the, the pre-upgrade. And then section two is upgrade. Section three is the alterations. And then the last one is post upgrade. Okay. So I was able to do the upgrade because I have a, a 
nice set of code tests. So we are running uh, uh, around about 84, 85% code coverage. There is 400 plus unit tests, 150 plus integration tests and 50 plus acceptance tests. And those all equate to 84, 85%. It's actually 84.6%. So let's say 80, 85. Now, I'm not a massive fan of high code coverage. I mean, it's great to have high code coverage, sure. But chasing high code coverage is can lead you down a path where you, you, you end up just writing tests for test's sake. And also the tests... At the end, the, the last few percentages, for instance, they're really difficult because it's the 80-20 rule. So the 80, first 80% or the first, I don't know, how 50%, let's say, they're really low-hanging fruit. So you're just testing very small things. But when you're actually getting into the higher percentages, you start testing sort of integration, sort of configuration, you know, functional, that kind of, that kind of jazz. And that can be, get quite tricky. So the last, so what I'm saying is the last 20% is often the hardest than the, the first 80. So when I see this 84.6%, I don't see that as any kind of good thing. I just see that as a, you know, this is, this is the amount of lines we've covered. And yet we have, you know, nearly 15% uncovered, but that 15% is probably really tricky. And I know it's really tricky because I can see the uh, the risks, risk analysis of uh, of that code. But I chose anyway to, I thought it was a safe thing to do because I was able to, A, it was still in development. So I'm not going to ruin anybody's day by pushing this live because it isn't live. <laughs> and also B, because the uh, the last 15% were things that I could actually capture by actually clicking through the pages. So this is the first thing. This is the first thing. Make sure that you have enough tests to give yourself a level of confidence that you can capture weird anomalies because there were a few weird anomalies as well as the sort of edge cases. So, you know, at the very least, make sure that you've got some decent acceptance criteria. So you can actually, you know, feature tests. I've been reading a lot about um, uh, BDD and uh, how to write nice, nicely well-formed um, acceptance tests, you know, features, scenarios and Gherkin, that kind of thing. Okay. So let's talk about the process. The first thing, uh, the pre-upgrade, right? The pre-upgrade. So first of all, first of all, you want to make sure that your code is the feature that you're working on is finished. You don't want to be doing an upgrade whilst you're doing building out a feature. So I was able to draw a line in the sand and go, right, okay, from this point on, I am classing this as stable. My 84% code coverage can back that up. So anything that I haven't found yet, I will still be finding post upgrade. Or if I have, or or if not, then I, I haven't written the right test for it. So I, I drew a line in the sand. This is where we're now going to stop. We're going to stop doing any features. And we're just going to try and do an upgrade. I gave myself three days to do this. So try and do an upgrade. So we, you want to run all the tests, make sure that they all pass. There's You can't do this whilst you've got failing tests. You have to put the brakes on and go, right, <laughs> this is deemed as stable now. So this is my benchmark. 
Then you want to run composer update dry run. So, uh, you know, we're talking about PHP here. So this is, um, so composer and then hyphen, hyphen, dry, hyphen, run. What this does is it tells you all the packages that can be updated now on your legacy version of PHP. Because what you want to do is get your code to a point where you can, you can say that at this point, we're now going to do an upgrade. And this is the most stable point to do an upgrade. And if you've already got packages that you are, that you haven't upgraded to in your current release, then that might prove problematic when you try and when you, when you need to do a rollback, for instance. And there is, a, you know, a rollback plan is very important. So what I would do is run composer update dry run, see what needs upgrading. Make a decision as to whether or not to do the upgrade. I had a lot of stuff to, up, to, to upgrade, so I chose to upgrade it. So I do that in a, in a separate branch, right? So like I call my branches when I'm doing an update, I call because I try and do a separate branch for uh, package updates compared to uh, branches for features. Sometimes it doesn't always work like that. Sometimes a feature relies on a on a package that you need to install or something, but whatever. Uh, so I called this updates forward slash and then like packages or composer packages. And then I ran the upgrade, right? So then I upgrade, updated all those packages. Then I reran the tests, right? To ensure that that hasn't screwed anything up. And then that was my, that was my stable point. That was my jump off point. That was my let's go move from 7.4 up to, up to PHP 8. Obviously fix anything that's broken, right? That your tests, tests find, because you don't want to come into this upgrade with, but with known bugs. If you can, you know, if you, I mean, yeah, everybody, I mean, like, okay. If you go through my GitHub uh, repository, uh, which you can't cause it's private, but if you were to see all this and I do show this out, out on, uh, on Twitch, you'll see that there's a number of bugs that have been, I have um, created in issues. These are known bugs, right? These are bugs that uh, I'm aware of. I'm not fixing right now because perhaps I've deemed them as they should go into the backlog, but they're, they're known to me, right? So they should, I know that they'll go from PHP 7.4 to 2.8 because I haven't fixed them. But what you don't want to do is you don't want to be fixing anything or changing anything during the upgrade. You know, your, your branch, and I'll explain why in a minute. Your branch of an upgrade needs to just have the upgrade, right? Nothing else. Otherwise, it's very difficult to unpick any changes when you have to do a rollback. Okay, so fix anything that's broken. Check composer, and then and then once you've done that, check composer for pinned um, pinned versions of things. So, for instance, I had to pin a version of Stripe to a legacy version of the SDK because of a previous issue that I was dealing with, but I forgot to upgrade it. <laughs> I forgot to upgrade it. So you want to make sure that you go through your composer JSON file and make sure that there isn't any, any pin stuff. Um, or if there is, make sure that there's a reason why and that that can port across to the next version of PHP. So check for a composer, uh, check your composer JSON file for pinned packages and see if there needs to be an upgrade. Do this in kind of a rinse and receipt uh, and repeat cycle. So what I, I, I did was uh, I only had the stripe thing that was, I needed to upgrade, but what I would, what I would suggest if, if you've got a number of pinned packages, do them one at a time, then run the tests and then do another one, then run the test and do another one. 
you want to be quite methodic at this because the thing is you're now moving into an arena where you don't actually know what could be broken <laughs> because you because you haven't applied PHP 8 before to this application. So you want to be very methodic, very chilled, very relaxed, and you always want to make sure that you have an exit strategy. My exit strategy is this, at this point, th these changes are changes to PHP 7.4 and getting the application into a decent state ready for it to be upgraded. And then once I'm happy, once all of that's done, I mean, that took a long time because I was having to do all the tests. It was quite nerve wracking because, you know, once you do the jump off, you've done the jump off, right? I, uh, what I did was I merged all that. I did a pull request, merged all that into, into main as you would, as you would normally. And then I initiated the upgrade. So this is where you're going into sort of an unknown territory. <laughs> so create a separate branch for this. So I created a feature branch called update, uh, updates, and then PHP hyphen eight. Now this branch only has the changes that are required to the application as a whole for PHP eight. The reason being is that if something was to screw up and it did, <laughs> then I could just not use that branch, right? That branch is only for the upgrade. Um, I've already upgraded the main branch to be the most stable. I've, I've upgraded as, as many things as I can. Um, I've, I've tested as much as I can. I have a level of confidence that that is stable or as stable as it is. And now we, we've, we've, we're creating a, another work stream specifically for PHP 8. So. First things first, this is a little bit of trial and error. So this is very difficult to estimate. If someone asks you, how long does this take? <laughs> this is, it took me three days. It took me three days of scratching my head, trying to think of best ways to approach this. Yeah, so it, it does take a while. So the first thing is to, I mean, I use Docker. Now I know that a, a lot of people don't use Docker, uh, but for this, I highly recommend using Docker containers, because then you can have a container specifically for PHP 8 and a container specifically for PHP 7.4. So the first thing I did was I upgraded the Docker file or I updated the Docker file, the base image from PHP 7.4 Apache Buster to uh, PHP 8 Apache Buster. So I changed the base image on that. And then I just thought, I'll build it. I'll just build it. I'll just see what happens. I'll just see ha what happens. And it fell over, um, as you can expect. So I didn't run a container. I just built the image uh, because I wanted to get the image to actually complete and then run the container. So think, break it up into small little things. You're not worrying about running a web server at this stage. You're worrying about compiling your Docker image or building your Docker image uh, with PHP 8 support. So... You want to be basically doing the rinse and repeat cycle on this. And I, I think I created about five gigabytes worth of broken images <laughs> for this. It was quite a, a, a long trial and error process. So I had to upgrade an awful lot of stuff and uh, configure a lot of stuff. And I did a lot of learning as well uh, alongside because I was forced to, you know, felt forced to work out why these extensions weren't working. Why is Peckle not, uh, not working, working, uh, 
And then what happens is you see after this, when, when you start doing this thing and you're forced to upgrade to various other bits and pieces, you then have to alter the application to use those different bits and pieces as well. So for example, for example, I had to configure different extensions differently, use different libraries for Peckle extensions. That took a long time to work out. And I'm usually quite particular with the way I format my Docker image, my Docker file. But at the, this stage, what I was doing is just throwing things to the Docker file and just seeing if they worked. And if they did, I would then come back to it and sort of refactor the Docker image to make it more, um, you know, to, to adjust the Docker layers better. So once I was happy with a particular Docker layer, I would then, you know, package that layer up using and, and, and the, the slash to, to create a, a, a single layer of stableness. That's what I was calling it. As I did this, I, uh, I, I realized I also needed to upgrade. Um, Xdebug as well from a very old version of two to three. And of course, upgrading to three, I needed to uh, change a lot of configuration that uh, I wasn't even aware of. <laughs> Xdebug and debugging on with PHP Storm is one of these things that you kind of, once you set it up, <laughs> it, it, this is what I do. Once I set this up, it's like, right, okay, back away from it slowly because any little tweak will break it. <laughs> So I, I ended up learning a lot about Xdebug and how the new version is configured. And I also used this as an opportunity. This is probably why it took me, took me three days to do it. I used this as an opportunity to actually finalize and finish the, um, the Xdebug configuration of PHP Storm. So I can actually now properly, uh, step through code, not just on the, um, controller level in the sense of like stepping through from a, a HTTP request, but also also doing this from the CLI. So jumping into the Docker container and running a console command will also, if certain things are set, will trigger the uh, the, the Xdebug to, to allow me to step through. And then I can actually um, go through and step through or step over the processes of a console command, which is brilliant. I've done this before with client machines, right? Where I'm working on client projects, but I've never really done it in, um, for how to code well. So I just thought this was a great opportunity, uh, opportunity to do that. So I'm very glad that that happened. So this, this was one of these things that just came out of this upgrade, which was, which was lovely which was awesome. Okay. So one challenge is that, um, one challenge that I, I discovered was that, uh, if you use the composer Docker image, right? The, so the official composer Docker image, if you use that, then, um, you need to discover what version of PHP that Docker image uses, because like I said before, I was on seven, four, and I also had to switch up to composer, the, the new version of composer, that had PHP 8. I didn't realize that at the time. And I was wondering what was going on, why I was getting different packages between running things locally and running things on the container. From 7.4 and 8, I got very confused. And uh, what I did was I went to the Docker uh, Docker Hub and I was looking through the, the Docker file, the tags of Composer, and I was identifying which Composer tag was using which PHP version. 
And then I also discovered that uh, when I run Composer, I I I was doing it with uh what what's the thing it's not no scripts there's another one there's another ignore argument and I can't remember what it was now but it was ignoring platform requirements I think it was and I shouldn't have been doing that I shouldn't have been ignoring platform requirements in the Docker image because you see if you start ignoring platform requirements then you start ignoring your extensions you start ignoring the version of PHP and other things like that which during this upgrade got quite tricky. <laughs> so what I ended up doing is I actually built a, a separate Docker image that was uh, using the composer of certain versions of PHP um, as a base image. So I was extending that image and I've created one for PHP 7.4 and one for PHP 8. These are open source if anybody wants to care to use them. But these Docker images mimic, well, they not mimic, they they include the same extensions that the, uh, the, 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 the main How to Code Well Docker image uh, uses, which means that I don't have to ignore the platform requirements anymore. I can just use that in multi-stage builds in Docker. So I would do from how to code well forward slash composer colon PHP 7.4 or colon PHP uh, 8. And that PH, that, that image that I was pulling from was, uh, had the same extensions as my, um, as, uh, as my, my, the how to code well Docker image, which meant I was able to do all the things, you know, do the install, do the upgrade, of packages, knowing that I had a one-to-one -one of the extensions, so I didn't have to ignore any platform requirements. You know, it was it was nice and uh, transparent. You know, so if there was any issues on one, I would see it on the other. That kind of stuff. So that process took a long time. It took a very long time to rinse and repeat and actually get it to a point where the Docker image was building. Once you have the Docker image built, and I'll just have a drink of beer. But once you have the Docker image built, it's time to run those containers. And oh boy, did they not want to run. Once the uh, containers started to, to uh, once I started running Docker Compose up hyphen D, I was getting all sorts of um, problems. And this was uh, just hacks of the Docker file. And I used this time as a bit of a, a refactoring of the Docker file, moving things around. There were certain um, Peckle extensions that I used that uh, needed to be installed and configured before other Peckle extensions uh, were installed and used, which was quite, it was a bit of a trial and error process, to be fair. Once I got the Docker Compose, uh, the Docker container to actually run, it was then time to run composer um, up, uh, upgrade dry run, update dry run again, because now we've got to a point where the Docker image is, is now running PHP 8. It's got to a point where a container has been spun up and I could do a HTTP access or a curl request to the page to actually see that the thing is coming back. Uh, but now it's time to actually attempt to do a composer dry run against PHP 8. So adjust your composer JSON file, your platform requirements to now run PHP 8 to, to uh, move it from 7.4 to, to 8 and then run those or run that. This is where I got a lot of problems because, I mean, uh, yeah, because there were some packages that I was using that uh, didn't allow for PHP 8 and um, there some custom ones 
And so uh, what I ended up doing was um, issuing uh, issues or, yeah, issue request. Sorry, I can hear just hear a bunch of dogs running, uh, barking. So th- this, I created a bu- an issue for some of these packages just to ask if there was any possibility of upgrading to PHP 8, if that was on their roadmap, if that was on their agenda. Um, some have got back to me and, um, th- you know, that's all good. I've managed to find replacements to others. Um, and also there was one in particular which was very nice and light. And so what I've done is I've just forked it and um, I rebuilt it in PHP 8. And I must re- remind myself now to create a pull request to that. It was the Ghost Ghost API uh, client that uh, I'm using for the Ghost blog. And that was running or is running PHP uh, 5.5 or I think it's PHP 7. And of course, I need it on PHP 8. And there's um, other things that that uses as well, a PHP unit um, that uh, runs an older version of Xdebug, which isn't available on PHP 8. So there's all of those interconnected dependencies. So anyway, I decided that uh, the, the, the road of less friction <laughs> is to just rebuild it and then and ask the maintainer if, if they're thinking about moving to PHP 8. And I must offer the pull request. I, I, I must do that. I just haven't got around to doing it. But I've forked it and I've fixed it and it's now running fine in uh, in my Docker image, which is brilliant. But that took a long time to do a lot of changes. Once that's done, though, once you, you can actually do a composer uh, upgrade, that's great. I mean, you're, you're nearly there. The next thing is to run the tests. So I have, I use make files uh, or a make file that has different commands. And I've got lots of commands for different types of tests, as well as a single command that runs all the tests together. So I would run that and um, it failed. <laughs> the tests when I ran Codeception just failed. And this is an interesting one because there is a difference between PHP 7 and 8 in the way I think it's a reflection method and it's it's to it's, it's um discovering a class via the cl- the namespace I completely forget it's gone out of my mind uh what that what that method is what that function is called but they've changed the arguments from not re- needing to have uh, any uh sorry they've changed the requirements from allowing a null to requiring an actual string that represents a class. There was a bug that uh, I just didn't realize in my codeception configuration. One of the namespaces was wrong. And obviously, in, back in the 7.4 days, it was just skipping over this because it was just providing null because it couldn't find the class. So it was pro- just providing null to this to this function. Now they've changed the function. I, mu- I must just remember what that was. Uh, what the function name is, get class methods or something like that. Anyway, so after this upgrade, I, you know, the, the, the make tests, which did the codeception run, this uh, obviously put those namespaces uh, into, into that function. And uh, that particular one uh, fell over. Now, there wasn't any easy way for me to actually discover what was the class that was causing this, because when I opened up the configuration, it just looked fine. And of course, I, I, I wasn't seeing, hadn't seen this before. So I had to do a load of Googling, and um, I also discovered using uh, the verbose mode, I could try and 
track down the stack traces. And it came to uh, it came to this single line in the code section configuration where it was trying to uh, include a, a, a an actor class, and that actor class um, wasn't correct, wasn't in the right namespace, and so it was throwing this error. So I just changed that, and then suddenly all the tests worked. And I must say, all the tests fly; they are much faster now than they were on 7.4. And I remember doing this before 7.4. And 7.4 was a, a speed boost. Or 7 was a speed boost. So yeah, you know, it's all good. Once that's, that's done, uh, you now move into sort of the post-upgrade process. Retrospective kind of, let's just eyeball these things. Because it's great having all of these tests. Yeah, it's, it's wonderful having all these tests. But can you really rely on them? You know, uh, so it's a case of going through and and just trying out all the features. And at this stage, this was this was an interesting sort of uh, thing for me because at this stage, I was finding a number of bugs that did exist on PHP 7.4 that weren't anything to do with the upgrade, but I was just finding them. They were just there. It's just something that um, I hadn't documented before. And it, and it shows that my acceptance tests are not good enough, are not good enough. So what I think I'm going to be doing going forward is seeing if I can write better acceptance tests, doing some more uh, BDD and actually make some nice, well-formed acceptance criteria in terms of scenarios. So scenarios and features. And also if there's a bug on the screen and I can uh, reproduce that bug, then I'll create a, uh, a, a cest, is it cest or a sept? One of the two. I'll create one of those uh, test files as an acceptance test to test the acceptability of that. Now that's not a function, that's not a feature test, it's a, an actual test of a particular bug. So now I want to move into the frame of mind of actually going through each of the pages in granular detail. And, um, and if I find a bug, then I will create a, an, an acceptance test to, uh, fail on that bug. And then I'll fix the bug. And then hopefully that acceptance test will pass once. And then alongside that piece of work, I want to really look at the, the pages individually and write some f nice, well-formed feature tests. And I'm kind of at the moment, I'm learning at the moment, the differences between like the boundaries between what is a feature and what is a bug, you know, because you could say that when you're on a, on a website and you see a bug um, and you want to write a test for that, but that is obviously a failing feature, right? So is that a feature or, you know, of behavior or is that a bug that you have to put through? And I was reading the Codeception documentation the other day and there's a paragraph in, in, in it which suggests that when you're writing these features, when you're writing these features, you want to be writing them from the perspective of someone who is from a sort of a business level, someone who is, who is looking at the, an isolated feature, right. Of the, of the website, they don't necessarily care about bug 37, right. 
They care about, can a user go to this page and do the thing that they want to do, right? So instead of writing Gherkin features to fix a, a bug, I want to be using those Gherkin features to describe and define those features. And I think what I've been doing is, is kind of doing it backwards. So in, in some cases, I have some features that actually check for a bug that doesn't exist anymore. But what I should have done, you see, is I should have created a, a uh, I think it's a sept or is assessed. I don't actually think, actually, I don't think it matters because I think assessed is a test, is a test class and a sept is, is more procedural. I think they do the same thing. But anyway, those classes, those, those files um, are more to test bugs. And whereas Gherkin in, in Cucumber language, or, um, you know, in Gherkin language, sorry, is more about describing a feature. So yeah, that's kind of where I am at the moment. And I think this is a good place. It's a good place. Like I said, this stuff wasn't actually on the roadmap, um, but it's made my code a lot better. I think I feel more confident, uh, confident with it. Uh, I think it's, you know, it's proven itself, which is great. And another reason why I wanted to do this before I put this live, uh, not just because, you know, it was technically interesting, but also because, you know, there is a big risk when you do these upgrades live. And um, I thought, well, as it's not live and I've got time to kill because I was, um, you know, in between interviews and, and all that jazz, I thought, why not? <laughs> Let's try it. And it paid off. Which is uh, which I'm super happy with. I should say that none of the code though has been altered for PHP. I haven't had a chance to do that. This is something that we're going to be doing on stream. So I'm going to be changing the switches to be the match uh, statements. I'm going to be using the the new toys of PHP eight, the um, the constructor um, uh, promotion fun, all of that stuff. Yeah, I'm 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 super looking forward to the annotations, everything, um, which is which will be really really fun to get my teeth into. As long as obviously we're still moving towards the same goal. So I need to, I need to somehow put the business head hat on and go, these new syntax sugar things are very nice, but they're not actually pushing the project forward uh, in terms of a time frame. They're just nice to learn. Um, <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. So. Thank you ever so much, everybody, for uh, watching. And uh, before I go, greetings from Alabama, US. Thank you for joining. And thank you very much, Bernard, for uh, coming on too. I did do appreciate that. Uh, did Zook use PHP to code the original FB with? Yes, he did, I believe. And then that, uh, that he, he basically, well, I don't think he did it. <laughs> His team um, changed or basically rebuilt a, um, parts of PHP or I think, is it called the hack? I can't remember what it is. It's a, it's, it's a, a variant of PHP to make things, um, their way. <laughs> yeah. PHP is great, man. PHP is so, so good. I'm so glad I've learned it. It's, it's such a lovely language and I'm so pleased with all the changes of PHP eight. It is such an improvement. Um, such an improvement, especially over PHP, the old dark days of PHP five. Um, but there is still a lot of legacy code out there. This is so good for us. Uh, I mean, I'm a contractor, right? So this is so good for contractors to have this, 
this diverse spectrum of PHP ver- versions because at some point a client will need to upgrade at some point there'll be a, a version of PHP will end will reach end of life and therefore what I've seen before in the contracting space here in the UK is that you, you go over like waves of of work so some some waves of work would be you know doing a lot of up a lot of building of features so creating a load of features and then sometimes they'll you'll hit a wave of work where it is purely sort of upgrading um moving from i mean i mean even upgrading versions of laravel or symphony or wordpress this is all providing us so much good work to do and whilst we do this we start learning more and more and more about the language. I never realized half of this stuff was available um, in terms of, well, half, I didn't realize half of these these issues. I mean, I didn't expect these issues, right? Let's just say that. I didn't expect these issues that I would have to deal with during the upgrade. So it's a complete journey of discovery. Uh, my advice is to um, make sure that you have an exit strategy, though, because I think on day two, I was like, this is nuts, this is uh, if I can't get it done within, you know, within uh, another day, then I really do need to just call it quits and go. I can't do this anymore um, because I've ran out of time. <laughs> um, so I'm glad I just snuck it in before uh, before I started my new role, which is which is so cool. So, so cool. Anyway, I'm going to shoot off, drink the rest of my beer. Thank you ever so much for watching. Happy coding, everybody. And I'll see you again on Sunday on Twitch. And we're going to be doing some PHP 8. Take care, everybody. See you soon. Bye-bye.